good morning yes good morning to you my beautiful and amazing listener um hope you slept well how was your night let's start from there how was your night you know scripture would always say he giveth good sleep to his beloved i am very sure or i want to believe that you had a very good sleep and you had a very good night all right so it's a beautiful friday morning and i want you to look forward to a beautiful day i want you to look forward to having an amazing friday well if you can't see it then you can't have it so you have to first see your friday as beautiful and lovely and then you're going to have an amazing friday um entirely all right so thank you for clicking on this podcast and for doing this with me again kindly like i would always say favorite this podcast if you're listening from anchor.fm just start it all right or if you're listening from spotify you can follow us anywhere anywhere whatever you can do on the platform you're listening to me from just go ahead and do it and god will bless you tremendously all right so let's jump into what we have to do you know we've been reading how you can be led by the spirit of god by kenneth e hagen we have done chapter one and two three and four so we're going to do five and six today and i want to say that uh, i think we're a little bit slow because we have to wait for friday so you wouldn't be offended (laughs) I don't think you'll be offended because I know you want us to finish this book too. So you won't be offended if um, I would have to put out some episodes on Tuesday or Thursday and then Friday. No, Tuesday. Thursday is very close to Friday. All right. So I think I'll put out an episode on Tuesday. So we'll have to do um, two episodes um, in a week. Right. So Tuesday and Friday, Tuesday and Friday. So we can finish the book um, very fast. All right. So let's jump into reading um chapter five so if you haven't read if you haven't listened to the podcast on chapter four three and four threes we spoke about spirit conscious and then four we spoke about um on the difference between the spirit and the soul for chapter two we spoke about man being an eternal spirit and chapter one we spoke about the lamp of the lord which is the spirit of man so today we will be looking at the saving of the soul all right so Let's jump into it. Hi there. My name is Abmechi and I'm the anchor of Voice of Eden. Aside this, I'm a pro graphics designer, a singer, and I just love God, which is most important. I'm on a mission to expose people to the truth of who they are in Christ Jesus, to build a generation that loves God, fears God, and serves God to raise and empower people that cherish the word of God. Aside this, I am passionate about some other things, but I won't share it, all right? So join me as we journey into God's rest. Chapter 5. The Saving of the Soul Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. James chapter 1 verse 21. The spirit of man is the part of man that is born again. It is the part of man that receives eternal life, which is the nature and life of God. It is the spirit of man that becomes a new creature in Christ Jesus. The soul is not the innermost being at all. It is not the soul that is born again. The saving of the soul is a process. James chapter 1 verse 21 used to bother me when I was a denominational preacher before I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what I know now. I used the spirit and soul interchangeably, referring to the spirit as the soul 
and the soul as the spirit. I didn't divide them as the Bible does, but I did have enough sense to leave this verse alone until I grew so that I could understand what it was saying. The epistle of James was not written to sinners. James did not write a letter to the world, he wrote a letter to the church. We know that because of James chapter 5 where it says, is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. In other words, if there is any sick among the church, let him call for the elders of the church. Also referring back to the first chapter of James, let's pick up with verse 18. James chapter 1, 18 to 21. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. James is talking to born again believers. Of the Father's own will, he writes, We were begotten or born again by the word of truth. He calls them my beloved brethren. So they were in Christ. Yet he encourages these born again, spirit filled people to receive the engrafted word with meekness, which is able to save your souls. Evidently, their souls were not saved. You see, a man's spirit, the innermost man, the real man, receives eternal life and is born again. But his intellect and emotions, which comprises his soul, still have to be dealt with. They are not born again, they are to be renewed. Paul speaks about the renewing of the mind, writing to the saints at Rome, Romans chapter 12 verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The psalmist David spoke of the restoring of the soul, Psalm 23 verse 3, he restoreth my soul. The Hebrew word translated restore in the Old Testament and the Greek word translated renew in the New Testament means about the same thing. The soul, the mind is to be renewed or restored. My mother left me a chair that she inherited from her mother. I don't know exactly how old that chair is, but it is quite old. I can remember when my grandmother had it restored. They put new upholstery on it. They revarnished it. It was still the same chair. It was just restored. It was renewed. In the word, it is never written that God restores our spirit. Our spirit become brand new creatures in Christ Jesus. Our soul, however, must be restored. How? We have the scriptures relative to the soul. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He restoreth my soul. James chapter 1 verse 21, Romans chapter 12 verse 2, Psalm 23 verse 3. Man's soul is saved or restored when his mind becomes renewed with the word of God. It is the word of God that saves our souls, that renews our minds, that restores our souls. When your mind becomes renewed with the word of God, then we think in line with what God's word says. We are able to know and prove the permissive and the perfect will of God. Because the word of God is the will of God. We don't have so many questions about the will of God once we get our souls saved. The greatest need in the church today is to have minds renewed with the word of God. Chapter 6 Presenting 
the body. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It is the inward man, not the outward man, that becomes a new creature in Christ. We still have the same body we had before we became new creatures. What we must learn to do is to let that new man on the inside of us dominate. With that new man, we control the flesh and do something with our bodies. Let's look again at 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 which says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. One translation reads, If any man be in Christ, there is a new self. Sometimes in churches, we hear people talk about dying out to self. There is no such statement in the Bible. We don't need to die out to self if we have become a new self. What we need to do is crucify the flesh. The Bible does talk about that. Crucifying the flesh is not something God does for you. It is something you do for yourself. I beseech ye therefore, brethren, Paul wrote to the church, by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies. Romans 12 verse 1. Who presents your body? You do. Who is you? That's the man on the inside who is born again and has become a new creature. You do something with your body. If you do not do something with it, nothing will ever be done with it. 1 Corinthians 9.27 But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be cast away. Here, Paul is talking about the fact that he does something with his body. I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection. Who is I? That's the real man, the real Paul. The man on the inside who has become a new creature in Christ Jesus and is filled with the Holy Spirit. I do something with my body. I keep it under. I bring it into subjection. What did Paul bring his body into subjection to? To the inward man. Instead of letting the body dominate the inward man, Paul saw to it that the inward man dominates the outward man. Now notice this. Here is this great apostle, this holy man of God. This man who wrote half of the New Testament, a man who is a spiritual giant, yet evidently his body wanted to do things that were wrong. If he hadn't, he would not have had to keep it under, he would not have had to bring it into subjection. But because your body wants to do wrong, doesn't mean you are not saved or that you are not filled with the Holy Spirit. If that were the case, Paul was not saved. You will have to contend with the body the flesh as long as you are in this world. Brother Hagen, I want you to pray for me. One man said, What for? I asked. I like to know what I am praying for. A look of seriousness, even tears, came to his eyes. I want you to pray that I will never have any more trouble with the devil. I said, Do you want me to pray that you will die? No, no. I don't want to die. I said, the only way you won't have any more trouble with the devil is to get out of here and go to heaven. You will have problems with the devil as long as you are in this flesh. You will have problems with the flesh as long as you are in this flesh. But blessed be God, the means, the ability and the authority have been given to you through the word of God to deal with the devil and to deal with the flesh. Paul did not let his body dominate him. The man on the inside, 
the man who was born again and filled with the Holy Spirit must dominate the outward man. You can do it. What I want you to see is this. You are the one who must do it. Paul did not say God will do it for you. He did not say the Holy Spirit would do it for you. He said, you present your bodies. He said, you be not conformed to this world. He said, you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You present your body. You do it. You get your mind renewed with the word of God. You do it. The life and nature of God is inside your spirit. Let that man on the inside be the dominant one. Listen to me. It is the spirit of man that is the candle of the Lord. It is through your spirit that God will guide you. Alright, so we've gotten to the end of chapter 6 and chapter 5. Alright, so this is where I would share my own opinion. Alright, so the parts that even struck me the most in chapter 5 is where he said, you see, a man's spirit, the innermost man, the real man, receives eternal life and is born again, but his intellect and emotions, which comprises his soul, still have to be dealt with. They are not born again. They are renewed. You know how he said that you don't renew your spirit. You get your spirit saved. Your spirit is changed. It's changed to a new, brand new spirit. But your soul has to be renewed. Yes, how you renew it. You entirely change it. You rebrand it. And the only way your spirit can be renewed is by the word of God. So a lot of us still have the, 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 the same thoughts we had when we were in the world, even as believers. We still have the same emotions. The anger issue is still there and all of that. And you're saying, Lord, I thought I was saved. This thing should leave me. You know, the soul can only be renewed when you spend time to study the word of God. Spend time praying. Give yourself wholly to prayer and the study of the word of God. Those were what the disciples, the apostles were doing in the book of Acts chapter 2. They gave themselves entirely to prayer and the study of God's word. And that was what that is what renews the mind. That is what restores the soul. That's what restores the soul. So I thought I should um, um, say that. Yeah, I thought I should say that. And now we, he said in the same chapter 5, we don't have so many questions about the will of God once we get our soul saved. You don't question because the soul deals with the intellect. Once you get your soul saved, you you start walking entirely by faith. So you don't even have a lot of questions as when it pertains to the will of God because you suddenly know the will of God and you embrace the will of God because your soul is saved. And lastly, he said the greatest need in the church today is to have minds renewed with the word of God. I'm telling you, I'm working on that. My mind has to be renewed by the word of God. And I think that is the greatest thing. We have a lot of people who come to church and speak in tongues. In fact, they can pray for 12 hours, 24 hours, 30 hours, <laughs> 57, 72. I mean, they can go on and on, but their minds are not renewed. Like they still have very nasty thoughts. You'll be amazed at the things you find believers saying because their minds are not renewed. You're amazed at the things you see believers still doing because their minds are not renewed. It doesn't mean they are not born again. They haven't given their life to Christ. No, they have. Their spirit is new. But their mind just needs to be renewed, be restored 
by the word of God. All right, so let's go to chapter 6. Chapter 6 talks about presenting your body. And Paul kept, um, I said Paul. <laughs> Kenneth Hagin kept explaining how Paul was saying that it is you that have to present your body. You are the one who would take your body and present it as a living sacrifice, all right? You have to present. God will not do it for you. The Holy Spirit will not do it for you. You, my friend, will do it yourself. All right, let me point out something he said. He said, you do something with your body. If you don't do something with it, nothing will be done with it. So you have to do something with your body. And what is that? You would have to present your body to God. See, you see this body. It belongs to the Lord. It is set apart for the Lord. It is um, separated for the Lord. Now let's read something else. He said, he said, crucifying the flesh is not something God does for you. It is something you do for yourself. Where he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, in the mercies of God, that ye present your body. So you have to crucify your flesh daily. Ah, it's amazing that you have to do this every day. It's amazing that the the death of yesterday doesn't count tomorrow. You have to wake up tomorrow. We have to wake up tomorrow and die again. Ah, yes, we have to wake up the next day and crucify the flesh. You know, the scripture says, take up your cross daily and follow me. So every day you sleep, that day is gone. The next day you get up from the bed and take up your cross again and follow him crucify yourself on that cross in, in fact some people say why are we taking our cross is it for persecution no the reason you are carrying the cross is so you crucify flesh wherever you see flesh coming up in your day you take it and crucify it on the cross wherever you see flesh coming up you take it again and crucify it on the cross all right let's let me read one more thing it says just because your body wants to do wrong doesn't mean you are not saved or that you are not filled with the holy spirit if that was the case paul wasn't saved you will have to contend with the body, the flesh, as long as you are in this world. And then he gave a story of a man who said, I don't want to have any issue with the devil again. He said, oh, you have to die, you and go, and all of that. So as long as you are in this world, you will have to contend with the flesh. I think you have to let that sink inside you so you will know that you are always in a war with the flesh. All right, guys. So thank you so much for doing this with me. Um, on Tuesday, we'll go through chapter 7 and 8. Chapter 7 is talking about, um, number one, the inward witness. All right, so we'll look at chapter 7 and chapter 8. All right, so thank you so much. Like I said, if you're listening from Anchor, go ahead to favorite your, this podcast. If you're listening from Spotify or any other platform, go ahead to um, follow us, all right? God bless you. And like I said earlier, have an amazing Friday and see you next week. Bye. Hi there, my name is Amechi and I'm the anchor of Voice of Eden. Aside this, I'm a pro graphics designer, a singer, and I just love God, which is most important. I'm on a mission to expose people to the truth of who they are in Christ Jesus, to build a generation that loves God, fears God, and serves God, to raise and empower people that cherish the Word of God. Aside this, I am passionate about some other things, but I won't share it, alright? So join me as we journey into God's rest.